Hello, welcome to episode number 147 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm super excited for today's guest, Jordan Gill. She is operations consultant and founder of Systems Saved Me. She helps overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. Her jam is creating cohesive operation systems for managing your tasks, files, and inbox. She has been on the What Works podcast, CEO Vibes, and she shares her love of replacing monthly retainers with one-day virtual intensive. So we're going to get into her whole strategy, and y'all are going to love this. Make sure you take some notes. But before I bring her on the show, if you want kind of a really good place to start with your social media strategy, check out our free course, Completely Revamped, Shiny, Sparkly, and New. You can find it at onlinedrea.com slash free. It's really the best place to start when it comes to building out your social media strategy. That's onlinedrea.com slash free, F-R-E-E. And with that, Jordan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Drea. And this is going to be a fun topic that I don't get to talk about very often. People don't ask me a ton of questions about it. So I'm excited to nerd out and, and talk all things social. So super excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you because as I mentioned off air, we've been in in the orbits, in each other's orbits for a while, <laughs> but I don't think I actually know your history. So how did you get started with the systems business specifically? You know, I thought everybody was, you know, all about, you know, like I within arm's reach, I at least have markers, at least two different kinds of post-its. Like I'm very... <laughs> Um, I'm very organized. I like to feel like I know where everything is and not everyone's like that. I learned. And so when I kind of first started out in this industry, I actually worked for a woman named Melanie Duncan and I worked on her team full-time employee. And I learned a lot about the industry because she was in the same spheres as the James Wedmore's Amy Porterfield. Like she was in masterminds with these folks. And so I had a really unique entrance into this industry that wasn't necessarily for my own business, but it was under somebody else's umbrella. So for two years, I got to soak in like what it's like to run an eight figure business in the online marketing industry. And so when I got, for me, it's a God thing, but for other people, it's gut universe. It was okay. I need to like leave. And there was really no reason for me to leave. I had no, I didn't talk about social media. I didn't even have a personal Instagram when I left. Like nobody knew who I was, okay? And, but I was like, whatever. I've got an email address, an LLC and a bank account. That's all I need. And I made the jump um, about six weeks notice because um, we were about to go into a launch. And um, I started my business. And in those six weeks, I was able to secure four clients um, and made a $12,000 monthly retainer happened. So it was whatever, 3000 ish per client. And I started my business that way. And so it wasn't, I was really excited to like experience, you know, I'm going to live in like a dentist office basement and eat ramen, which is tricky because I'm gluten-free and have celiac, but I'm going to do it. And it's going to be like this grinding like situation. And so then to have that <laughs> not necessarily happen, that does not mean it's been smooth sailing since then, but 
it really showed me that relationships are everything. And that has been the core of my business since jump, because I recognize I cannot do things on my own. And I'm not going to try to think that I know everything or that I'm good at everything. And so that really has been the trajectory of my business is systems help you to be able to build and nurture and support relationships in your life. You do not need to be the person pressing the buttons in your inbox. You do not need to be the person going back and forth to schedule a meeting. Your systems can do that for you. Um, And I really, really preach that, you know, systems are there to support you, not suffocate you. And so if they are suffocating you, you're doing them wrong. And so that's really how I got started in this industry was, Again, making a transition from an employee um, in the kind of big wig industry or in big wig circles and then going out on my own and and figuring it out from there um, and whatnot. So that's kind of my like mini origin story. (laughs) I love it. And I think it's one of those things that it's something that came easy to you, like the post-its, you just have them. And then now you're sharing with other people like how to systematize and streamline everything, which is just, it feels like magic when it's all working together, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Okay. So this month we're talking all about mindful marketing and I know you have a very specific stance on social media. So can you share with us your views on social media specifically for business owners? Yeah, totally. So my stance for social media is, um, and some of you may have a heart attack about this, is I don't have any social media notifications on my phone. Um, and so talk about mindfulness, right? Like I, when I enter Instagram, I understand that I'm going to be having conversations with people. But when I am not in the Instagram app, that I am mindfully and consciously not present for social media. And so my whole thing is presence, I think presence, as in P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, not T-A-S at the end, um, not as in gifts, but presence is one of those things that is so rare. I think that when you are in conversations with people or you are, you know, in real life or, or online, you're always doing 17 different things at the same time. And I really like to give the gift of presence because just like here, like my phone is, is face down over there. Like whatever's going on with my phone, not a, you know, a, a priority right now. I'm here talking to Drea and I want to have a very intimate conversation and have it be the only thing that's on my mind and what I'm, what I'm discussing at the moment. And I think with social media, my stance is that when I am in the social media sphere, when I open my app, when I am ready to have conversations. I'm fully in those conversations at that time. I'm not really doing the whole, you know, Marcus, my fiance is talking to me, but I'm on Instagram and like, you know, Colin is trying to get my attention, my bonus son. Like, I don't really do that. I try to really, and maybe it's living in silos or maybe it sounds like too compartmentalized, but for me, it's really important that people feel the fact that I'm here, I'm present. There's nothing else going on that's important right now. And that's the stance that I take with social media as well. Um, and so, you know, it it can mean that people are waiting a little longer to have conversations with me and, and whatnot, but I would much rather them wait and have it be a, an actual conversation versus kind of a, you know, a half-baked conversation that I'm not really present for, if that makes sense. 
Oh yes. That makes perfect sense to me. And it's actually what I love most about social media is that we can choose to be on, we can choose to be off. And I am 100% on team, no notifications. Um, now I still check obsessively and it's also my job, but I can, (laughs) I can choose not to. And one of the best examples for me is the weekends. I don't typically work, so I can just not do it. Just like, I don't even get distracted. Like if I do pick up my phone to like take a video of my dog, that has nothing to do with Instagram. And so I think it is helpful to compartmentalize. However, I do find that people still get that sense of FOMO, you know, like they feel like they're missing out on something. Does that ever happen to you? And if so, how do you combat it? I don't know if I have it too, too much anymore. I guess my kind of relationship with social media has definitely shifted throughout, I guess, my five years in business at this point is um, when I first started out in business, in the first seven months, I posted like 11 times on my Instagram. So clearly it was not a priority. Um, And then I recognized that I had really good information to share. And one of the ways I can share it is through social media. So I created like a 90 day, like my best tips, tricks, like conversation starters. And I had that on repeat for like at least a full year um, in 2017. And it's funny because people are like, what do you mean? You repeated stuff? You know, like, what are you even talking about? I'm like, people, you know, how fast social media goes. Like, I don't even remember what I posted last week, let alone Drea posted Susie Q, Johnny Appleseed. I have no idea what everybody's posting every single week. There's way too many things that I'm focused on for me to have that even memory. And we also know this notion of like, people need to see things multiple times in order to like take action or to have it sink in. So, you know, that was, that was really my goal in 2017 was just like, I want to show up, but I also don't want to spend extra time to like, think of what is my best content because I think in batches. So if I have to like off the whim post something, it's, it's just not going to come out right. Um, I'm much more of a intentional, let me light a candle, like create a a sanctuary and like create content in like my best space rather than like hurrying. I'm in the grocery store line and I need to like post something because I feel like I need to. Um, I don't really like to post out of that desperation or that um, I have to kind of feeling. I like, I want to show up in the best way and this is how I know how. And then I I hired in 2018, I guess, I think it was 2019 at this point, but a content manager um, was my first hire. And so I do value social media and how we show up and how we can share our best content. Um, And so she was our, our first hire along with a graphic designer and a video editor. And, you know, I think that that also then allows me to share my best content. They take it and make it great. And I'm able to, again, be able to have those conversations and whatnot and not focus so, so much on what I'm posting, but having more of the conversation. So I don't know if I feel like I miss out as much because I feel like I'm actually more in tune with what's going on because I'm not, I don't have the anxiety of what needs to be posted, when, how, why. Um, I'm really just focused on going in and chatting with people, honestly. Ooh, I love that mindset shift of you're not really feeling like you're missing out on things because you're being intentional about going in and networking and that sort of thing. Um, my little like tech 
nerdy side wants to know, do you like put this in a project management tool to check (laughs) off or like, how do you make sure you do it every day? Yeah, I think I just, I naturally do it. I'm a, I love to chat with people. So, um, especially with the pandemic, right. It's like, I don't see a ton of people (laughs) day to day. Um, And so naturally I'm like, I'm going to go chat with somebody. And my first thought is to go into my Instagram DMs um, or to see if anybody's commented on a thread or going to a friend's thread that was really great that she shared on her stories and, you know, starting conversations there. I think it just naturally for me, because I'm a relationship person is like, of course I want to go on Instagram every day. Um, So I don't necessarily have like go on Instagram every day and whatnot, but it's just something that I think is ingrained in me just as a natural relationship builder. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It's just a natural part of your day, which is great. Okay. So I want to get specific about how you do this, especially very curious about how you coordinate with your content manager. And I feel like using your recent campaigns around VIP days, you just did a big, correct me if I'm wrong. You just did a big campaign around this, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, It was a conference, like a two-day virtual conference. Yep. Okay. So tell us a bit about like, what is a VIP day just to give us some context? Totally. Yeah. So uh, what I consider a virtual VIP day is a four-figure offering that lasts about three to eight hours long, um, which helps your client through a three to five phase transformation process, framework, et cetera. And I like to use numbers because it's concrete. You can understand it. Um, so that four figures is that over a thousand dollars mark. Um, this is not a strategy session or, a, you know, pick my brain session. This is most likely a strategy or implementation type offering. And then the actual length of it is three to eight hours within a 24 hour period of time. So again, it's a VIP day, not a VIP week, not a VIP month. Is a day within 24 hours. And then it, it has the three, five phase transformation that you you take your clients through. And that again is, is determined on what you do, obviously, but it again, eliminates the strategy sessions, the power hours, um, those sorts of things, which is a great offer, but that's just not what VIP days are. Mm, okay. So this conference was talking all about the VIP days. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. 26 speakers. It was so fun. I loved it. <laughs> a lot of relationship building, which is my favorite. Yay. Okay. So when it came to promoting the conference, um, talk about what are some of like the big picture things you and your content manager decided on with marketing and then specifically social media marketing. Totally. So for us, we really hone in on Instagram. Um, That doesn't mean that we ignore everything else. We will put some things on Facebook a little bit, um, but we just have found through data, through research that our people are on Instagram. And the tricky thing with VIP days is people are not searching for them. So we had found with like YouTube or Pinterest that we're not going to get that much traction for VIP days because no one no one's really looking for that. Um, it's super low volume. Um, so we stick to Instagram and we really focus on IG TVs really heavily. Um, we also focus on, um, stories and posts and like carousels, stuff like that. Um, sometimes I'll go live. Um, but again, for us and for me, I do best when I can pre-plan and I feel like I show up best when I can plan, uh, versus going live. So for our, our conference, we really looked at, okay, 
we had about a three week promo period. And so, um, Alice is my content manager. Alice looked at, okay, we have three weeks of content to fill. And so, you know, what, how are we going to move all the pieces around? How can we repurpose different things? And again, our podcast, which is system saved me. Um, we had intentional episodes during those three weeks of promo, um, as well. And so we were able to, again, take from those episodes, repurpose different quotes and things for the various weeks. And we actually, we are planning to do reels and whatnot, but, uh, the week that I was going to be recording them, the snowpocalypse happened in Dallas, which was really fun. Uh, so that really threw a lot of things off the, the radar there. Um, so we weren't able to get to that. And we had to, at that point, just say like, we've got to focus on what we've got and we did well with it. And so we have kind of the, the content pillars of podcasts and IGTVs. We do two podcasts a week and one video a week. And so between those three pieces of content, we really start to then dissect into the other days what um, what we want to share. And um, we also ran ads and our ads actually are majority Instagram stories, um, which is also interesting because that's just where our people are. And the data has proven that time and time again. And so we just really are like, okay, let's, I guess we'll put all our eggs in one basket at this point um, and really like leverage the audience that we've built here. And so again, our, we don't have all of the final numbers, but after email list, Instagram was our second highest place that people bought a, a, a ticket from. So from Instagram bio links, story swipe ups, um, all of that stuff, like it, they came from Instagram. And so again, we're proven like, this is where people are and that this is where they connect with us. And so we, we go all in there. Um, and we really look to change things up. Our Instagram story ads were really what they were very different. We tested a bunch of them, but the two that, that worked well, one was very, um, it included post-its and markers and the calendar and like my vibe and was very like, I just filmed it on my iPhone one day. Um, and then, uh, the second one was very graphic. So it actually did not include any photos of me or images of me. And, um, it was a lot more punchy and dynamic and it had like cool choppy music to it. And, and again, we were kind of testing, like, does Jordan's face need to be involved? Does it not need to be involved? Um, and technically the one without my face did better, um, which I don't take offense to it is what it is. Um, but that usually happens like every time everyone's like, put your face more. I'm like, no, like <laughs> the data shows and not that like my face is bad. It's not, it's fine. It's not a complex. Um, it's, it's just data. Right. And so, but we always like to test things. So those were the two ads that did the best, um, for us. And so we ran those, uh, for about two weeks straight and, what was it? We had like $16 leads on $29 tickets. So we had, we did really well um, from a cost per lead perspective, but that's going down the ad rabbit hole. But it's interesting that again, like 80% of our marketing is done via Instagram, even on the, on the paid side. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have so many like tangents I want to go down with this because there was a lot here that that's so good. Um, I want to start with IGTV. So you mentioned you record these, do you record them in batches? Yes, absolutely. So we actually hire a videographer to come in and um, I record them all at the same time. And she sends us 
just like the video footage. And then we have a video editor on our team that cuts and slices and dices. And we actually do two cameras, which we really like because it adds a dynamicness and changes it up from just like somebody doing a video, like um, straight to camera. Okay. So since you're recording in a batch, how do you decide topics and do you write scripts or outlines? Give me like the details. Yeah, totally. So I have like the big white post-it notes and I have, it's basically one video per page. And so I generally know at this point, having done these types of videos for like over a year, I know my intro, I know my outro. Um, so I don't necessarily have to put that anywhere, but I will just put in bullets. So like, for example, there'll be like the three types of VIP days or whatever. And then I'll just put backend bookend and blended. Cause those are, you know, our, our three types. And I'll usually put like a few points underneath the points, um, that just, I really want to hit, um, for overcoming objections and stuff like that but it's really a bullet point and post-it system, but I do write all those out before I actually go and and shoot the videos. I usually just do it the night before. Um, And uh, Alice and I, um, fun fact, this is one from our, this is from our last um, conference. (laughs) This is our chat transcript. Okay. So we go through this and get all of the content that we need um, for the next batch of videos. Oh my gosh. So for those of you listening, I'm just going to jump in and say, go to the YouTube video because you got to see how big this book is. It's <laughs> insane. So that's youtube.com slash online dry. You'll, you'll find the video because yeah, this video. is like, this isn't just like a few pages. How many pages is that? 259. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we also um, download our Q&A. So in Zoom, there's like the chat and then there's like the Q&A portion Um, And that's where we host our conferences. And so I literally pull the entire chat off and then I also pull all of the questions. And so this is about 30 pages, I think. Um, And so we don't really need to spend a ton of time figuring out what we're supposed to talk about or do. Um, Really, we get everything from our conferences. So our conferences are multi-purposeful as well. Um, It's getting people getting to know us, people join our program, but it also then becomes the hub of our next video content batch. Um, and so mixed in with Alice talking about like, talk about a time that you, you know, failed at something, Jordan, and all like video or audio message, different things to her um, for our actual posts on our page. Um, but for our IGTVs, like it is, it's coming from the conference mostly. Yeah. Wow. I am very (laughs) impressed by just the sheer size of that book. And I'm probably going to drive my team crazy, but I'm I'm about to be like, how can we, how can we save these? (laughs) Cause I love that. Okay. So you record them in batches. You have your outlines. Um, about how many do you record in within one batch? Yeah. It's usually about 24. We try to get about six months of videos done. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Thank you. I mean, they're short, like they're, we keep ours four to eight minutes is like our sweet spot. Um, my, my people like short and snappy, uh, which is great. Cause I like to do short and snappy videos. <laughs> um, but, and it's funny, we've tested, um, I used to film them with my kitchen in the background and, um, very like on my iPhone sort of situation and, and they did well. Um, but it's interesting to see now that the more polished videos with a more branded background, if you go to our, our Instagram, you can see them, those have performed double 
double the amount of uh, views. So it's been interesting too to see because we did our first batch and I was like, we're testing this. If it doesn't work, we're going back to the kitchen. But immediately we saw like a jump um, for sure. But I think too, with the um, idea of VIP days, we did have to somewhat up-level the look of our content because there was an expectation a little bit of, I'm talking about VIP days, but like, I'm just like, yo. Um, And people were like, there was a little bit of a mismatch. And so again, we test everything. Like we we are constantly looking at what works, what doesn't, how can we improve? Um, Because there's, there's always new fun things like reels and different things coming out. And so we'll definitely be testing reels. We actually have a a reels batch happening next month. And so that'll be fun too. And so we'll batch a bunch of reels together as well. And those will get dripped out um, similarly to IGTVs. Okay. Wow. I love how (laughs) tight your process is and it's backed by data. And so I do want to touch on the data eventually, but I'm so curious about this content because you mentioned in there (laughs) that you send a voice note for ideas. So talk to us about that collaboration with your team as well. Totally. So Alice and I kind of just like made this up because it's how I operate. Um, I'm not great at like writing out responses. So we were having issues with like me delaying the process because I wouldn't write the caption. And Alice was like, will you just write something? I'm like, "Ah." Um, and so uh, we started to then, um, again, we kind of think of things in quarters. Um, Our videos are about six months out, but we think of every other piece of content we have in quarters. And so Alice will send me a list of questions. I mean, I'm talking like at least 30, 30 to 40 questions that are more on the personal side, like VIP day content. We, again, we, we go into um, the transcripts. We find all of that. So she doesn't need to interview me about that as much. And so these are more questions like, again, like, when did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or like, what's your morning routine or like those sorts of questions. She'll kind of come up with a list of those and I will just sit there and I will open up my voice memo on my phone and I will start talking and I'll answer the questions. I'll say question one. So the question, and then I'll respond. And what that does is then she takes that audio, transcribes it. And so she's able to see when I answer each question, right? Because I say question one, question two, question three. And so she takes those transcriptions and she creates captions out of those. And so she's able to take my words, tighten them up or add emojis or stuff like that. So it really is me talking, um, but she is able to adjust it to more of a social caption voice, which we found to be like the best way to still keep it my voice, but without me having to. So we're at this point, like, I don't even like look at my captions before they come out. Like a lot of the posts I don't even look at before they come out um, because we've got it to such a, a tight process that it's like, go be great. I know generally what she's going to be posting because I've literally answered all 30 of the questions, but I don't know when they're going to post. I don't know like what piece of what I said she's going to take. But that's been super helpful because I think that's the biggest hang up with, with people when they're talking about social media peeps, having their voice. And this is, this is what's really worked for us because I'm a talker. I'm not a writer, funny enough, because I have a journalism degree, but 
I digress. Um, I, I really talk things out better. And so that's really our process is every quarter. She sends me the questions. I talk them out, she transcribes, and then she starts to, to post and put things together and works with our graphic designer to create charts or graphs or carousel posts, or maybe she just grabs a picture off our Dropbox. Um, and she is fully in charge of that. Yes. I love this whole process because I do find that, um, it's, it's very similar to how we run our agency, for instance, in the sense that we pull from like our um, clients, podcast interviews and things like that. Um, so if you were an agency client, for instance, we would do this episode and make like half a dozen posts from it. Um, but I love that she, um, you, you've got that system in place for like pulling the transcripts, getting specific questions. That's beautiful. And then working in batches as well. I do think that's the biggest question, especially personality brands have is how do I get support with social media and have it sound like me and look like me without me actually having to work through all of that content, which is beautiful. So you've talked about data and I love geeking out about this as well. So how do you record your success and how often do you look at your reports? Totally. So Alice pulls all of our data between our podcast and our Instagram. And so she Instagram, we do weekly, um, podcasts. We kind of have a process around, like, um, we look at it a week out and then a month out of each episode. So that one's kind of a little different just because we want to see the trend of the downloads. But, um, for Instagram, we use later, um, for our, I guess, scheduling and all that stuff. And so she'll go in there, review, um, and look at again, you know, how many followers we had, those sorts of like metrics that don't really matter, but we still track them. But then we also look at, okay, for the past week, like what were our most popular posts? And then also like, did one of our posts jump? Cause you can look at, um, I don't know if it's all time, but I think it's like a year maybe is the max. So we'll, we know like what our most popular posts are for the past year. And so if there's a post last week that jumped to one of our top posts, then we uh, track that and just like, oh, like they really want this content or whatever the case is. And so, um, so she does that on a weekly basis and, and whatnot, but we also about every quarter, we'll go back and look at all of the IGTVs um, cause those are only weekly. So it's just one IGTV a week. So we go back and look and see if there were again, any that popped out and had a lot more views than again, that, that entire quarter or even for the year. So we're keeping pretty close tabs because again, we want to see views, but we also look at comments and if there are tons of comments on one or we see shares um, for our posts and stuff like that, we do look at, okay, this was a heavy saves or a heavy shares. Like, let's think about why that was. How can we um, add that into more of our content? So we are very, very heavy on the data because, you know, I I think that a lot of business owners make decisions based off emotion. And while that can feel like the best case scenario at the time, you know, so does the ice cream when you're feeling sad, but you shouldn't eat. Um, So (laughs) I feel personally attacked. (laughs) Like y'all, I got so much ice cream in that freezer right there. Um, So don't even, don't even get it twisted. But you know, I think I I have to continually remind myself because I'll, you know, all of a sudden I'll just be like, you know what, we should just stop doing this and we should just do this other thing. And they're like, my team's like, what? I have like seven team members now all of a sudden. I like feel like I woke up and all of a sudden have a team. Um, But it's like, oh, like that was out of my frustration in the moment. Let me 
take a step back. Let's look at the numbers. What do the numbers say and make the decision off of that? Because that's going to, that's really what, you know, companies do like outside of our little sphere, like big, big companies, they are not making decisions off of how you feel today. They're making decisions off of, is this working? Is this converting? Is it not? Let's make a decision based off of that. And so, you know, if, if we're wanting to have companies that again, grow and, and continually do better and, and innovate, then we have to look at the data. And sometimes it can be scary or you feel like it's wrong. Um, again, I could take full offense that content with my face on it doesn't do as well, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I'm just like, great, less pictures for me. Awesome. Like more charts. Great. Um, so I, I think that we put so much meaning on a variety of things. And especially when it comes to data, just let it tell you what's best and don't, don't make it mean something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that you track this and you've got such a handle on what's working because you're right in a sense that um, when people feel like social media isn't working, it's typically because of the feeling and not necessarily yes. any sort of traction in the business. So I love that. Um, what are what tool are you using to keep track of this? Is it as simple as just a spreadsheet or do you use something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're for um, for data, we do just use Google Sheets um, and whatnot. We may have some fancy formulas here and there, but um, we found we could put it in Airtable, we could put it in other things, and we've tried, but it just it just makes sense for data to be put in, in sheets for us. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. So let's, as we wrap up, I know that you've got this amazing VIP day offer, uh, but for people who are listening, a lot of our um, listeners are business owners who are either just starting out or they're marketers who are doing this for their businesses. How, how can they get into your world? Where should they start? Yeah, totally. So if you couldn't tell, I'm all about the Instagram. <laughs> Instagram jam. Um, and we have tons of great IGTVs. If you're intrigued by VIP days, but you're like, I need to know more of what they are or what they could look like or things like that, then definitely checking out our Instagram at systems saved me. Uh, it's plural systems, um, saved me. And, um, also again, our podcast, uh, system saved me, not a shocker either. Uh, you can go there and check out different episodes. And if you want to go and like actually dive, dive in, um, you can go to our two things that are free quiz, um, which is which type of VIP day should you create? And that is systemsaving.com slash quiz. Um, or if you are more of a reader, then our roadmap would be a great place to start. So you can go there at systemsaving.com slash roadmap. Um, and that will show you kind of the nine steps um, to take in order to have a great successful VIP day. So we have lots of options, whether you want to listen, watch or read um, or be interactive with a quiz. Uh, we've got you covered. That. Okay. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Y'all definitely go check that out. Onlinedre.com slash one four seven. You'll find everything that we talked about here today. Thank you so much, Jordan, for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And next week I'm talking all about being a business owner and not a content creator. I do feel like there's a distinction and I want to talk about it because 
there's a time and a place for all of these things. So join me next week for that episode. And if you love the show, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Your support really helps us. And we have been solidly in the top 100 marketing podcasts for the past 12 months. And I want to stay there. And to stay there, we need your support. So please head on over, click the review, give us your thoughts, help other people learn about this show. We appreciate you. With that, I'll see you next week. Bye for now.